Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You work for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez with an S, and I am your liberty-loving Latino amigo right here, 17 floors above Madison Square Garden in New York City. Demagoguery is not dead. Fear-mongering is still alive. All I do is look at the news all day long, and I see more and more of it. Demagoguery, that's simply defined uh, as per Google, a political leader seeking support by appealing to the desires and prejudices of ordinary people rather than by using rational argument was once considered taboo. It was wrong to be a demagogue. It's funny, I was talking to a buddy of mine who's also a radio host in Detroit, Brandon Bryce. Big shout out to my guy Brandon in the Motor City in the D. And he was telling me how... (laughs) He doesn't like so much of this demagoguery, how he's so concerned about everything is fear mongering and all sizzle and no steak. And I said, man, welcome to the new normal. That's what's going on. And one of the things that they've latched onto, and this is mainly the left that I'm talking about, they've latched onto the coronavirus. They want to scare the crap out of you. And it works. It works like a charm because we love our loved ones. We love ourselves. We love our children. Nobody wants to get sick and die. And something simple like a little flimsy mask makes all the difference in the world. Now, I'm not an anti-mask guy. I'm really not. I'm I'm trying to get everybody to become a more rational thinker and say, you know what? Masks work when used appropriately and they can be part of the problem if used inappropriately. All right. If you have an infected mask and you go from one sick person to the next sick person, you're spreading the germs, the disease. This is why in hospitals, when people are in isolation, they change their gown or they get rid of the gown, gloves and mask and whatever other PPE they're using before they leave the room, including doctors and nurses when they're dealing with patients in isolation. You don't want to use the same one in each room because that spreads disease. And you would think that's pretty straightforward and it is. But something that I realized recently or I was reminded of recently is that sometimes we all have different experiences with different things. And what may be common sense to one person is not common sense to another. Thus, it's not common. So I think it's important that we always keep that in mind and that we know that other people may not know what we know. Other people may not have an eye or a nose to sniff out the demagoguery that's going on in politics today. But people forever have always, you know, gotten on me about being overly political. And now I'm getting on other people for saying, see, you weren't political enough. And I don't try to be polarizing. But I do believe in absolutism. I believe certain things are irrefutable. They shouldn't be up for debate. We can't debate the fact that water's wet. And some people will say, well, it's really not wet. Well, screw you. It's wet. There's certain things we can't debate. For example, there's a lot of people that like to live in the middle. And I say, hey, good for you. God bless. But the reality is if you were a sports guy, which I'm not, and you went to a game and one team was playing the other team, 
and you were just like, well, you know, I'm just here because I like the game. I like to spend forty-seven ninety on a uh, big soft drink and sixty-four thirty-seven on a hot dog, and I just love coming here and dropping, you know, a thousand bucks for a family of four. This is what I enjoy doing. And when people are doing that, they're like, yeah, and I don't care who wins. I don't care. I'm just here to enjoy the game, to watch them play their sport. Nobody really does that. Most people go there. They go wearing their team colors. They know exactly what they're doing. They cheer when their team wins because they have an agenda. Their team must win. They've clearly picked a side. But when it comes to politics, especially now where our politics are so destructive, you have two parties, neither of them perfect, and neither of them is devoid of culpability for a bunch of different things. But when it comes down to it, you have one party that pretty much just does nothing much of the time and has an excellent leader in the president who's always trying to do something all of the time, and another party that's actively figuring out how can we use this system to destroy this system, which in and of itself is uh, Leninist, Stalinist in its roots, the idea of using the system to destroy the system. And those guys are all protégés of Karl Marx. And I feel like I talk about Karl Marx too much, but... It seems that his philosophy has permeated our academic institutions for such a long time. I'm grateful that I learned about them, but they weren't, as people say, shoved down my throat. I got it. I didn't buy it. I was like, okay, whatever. Good for you. And it mainly because I owned a business at 16. I had employees. I had to pay payroll tax when I had a cell phone business. So I know a little bit different than other people. And I realized, hmm. This isn't a good idea. It's not a good idea for us to put all of the onus on the worker and eliminate me, the owner. When I was the one that took the risk, when I was the one that stood late and did what I had to do to rent the place out, to decorate the place, to build the clientele, to market the business, to come up with the concept. All of that being said, I always took exception to that because I was a business owner young in life. Granted, that doesn't mean that's the only way to do it. Some people get a job and they do their thing. So they look at me and they say, well, that's good for you. You're looking out for you, but I got to look out for me. And as somebody that works for a company, I want to make sure that I've got the most options. Hey, agreed. Most people are going to look out for themselves. However, many years ago, somebody once told me, we always have to be careful to never let the we become more important than the we. Always service to others before self. That doesn't mean I always do that, but what I do or don't do isn't the standard of good or evil. Good and evil are the standards for good and evil. So I know right from wrong, even if I'm doing wrong, just because I do it doesn't make it right. So we should always lean on the right side. I guess that pun was intended. But my, back to my analogy with the sports teams, most people don't go there just to enjoy a game. Now, I have. I've been to football games and I'm like, whatever, I'll, I'll hang out with you guys because I don't really care about any of the teams playing, but I like the people going, so I'm going to hang with you guys. That's, uh, I guess, atypical. For the most part, people usually have a horse in the race and they want to see their guy win. Yet when it comes to politics, we want to be so hands-off. When it comes to religion, we want to be so hands-off. When it comes to the standards and ethics, uh, things that our children are learning in schools, we're like, well, you know, we become so whimsical, so flimsy. All of a sudden, nobody can stand up to anything. Nobody has a true belief that they can hold on to and say, you know what? I object to that. I don't agree with that. I think it's wrong because of this, 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 and this. And just quite frankly, it offends me. I don't like it. What's wrong with that? 
The left does it all day and they shout it. They shout and they shout and they shout and they shut businesses down and they cancel people. They cancel their careers. They do all sorts of things. Why don't we? Now, I'm telling you this. If we don't get it right, we won't have a chance to shout back. We'll lose. The Democrats have embraced this ideology so much on so many levels that it's truly going to spread things so thin that there will be just one person left with enough resources to spread and everybody else will starve. Look at Cuba. Look at Venezuela. And better yet, speak to people that were able to escape. The dictators get rich. Those around them get rich. It's like organized crime. And everyone, even people who were once considered rich, they get screwed. They become the poor. The guy that owned a business when you can't have private property rights, when you don't own anything anymore, the guy who owned the barbershop and the guy who owned the radio station both become paupers. When the government says, well, you know what, we're going to own all of that and divvy it up for the proletariat and eliminate the bourgeoisie. I mean, it's really just insane to me, but I'm biased against Marxism. I really am. Because again, I saw the benefit of a free market. You can be poor and still make money. It gives you a fighting chance. So what I'm admonishing you to do is say, hey, stop saying, why can't we all just be good people? Why can't we all just get along? Because it doesn't work that way. Imagine one team going against the other team and either of them going, well, you know, it doesn't matter who wins. It's just about how we play the game. And this is why so many American voters are in the middle and they're so apathetic. They just don't care. You need to ask yourself, which party aligns with my views And you've got to give strength and voice to that party. Or don't. And be a part of the mob. That's truly what I think it's come down to. For example, a few weeks ago I posted a picture, it's an old picture, of Bill de Blasio with a big, I guess you can call it an afro or just a lot of curly hair from his youth. Back when he worked with the communist supporting Sandinistas in Nicaragua. And it says his real name, Warren Wilhelm and It gives facts about, you know, the work he did and the years he spent in Nicaragua working with communists. And whenever I've shared it, I've shared it a couple of times, kind of like Bill El Bobo de Blasio strikes again. And people always respond, is this real? And I think to myself, wow. And these are people that are local to the New York area. This thing came out, whatever, 10 years ago when he first ran for office or more, a dozen years ago. People knew this on the way in and they still voted for him. The radical left has been doing this for a very long time. A very long time. They know exactly what to do, what buttons to push, and how to scare you. And this coronavirus has been a real gift to them because it's a real situation, a real deadly virus that hurt a lot of people and many people died from. And they figured out, we can snowball this thing. We can use it as political fodder. As disgusting as that sounds. It's what they've done. And I take a look at different websites every day. I checked out the Drudge Report, the news aggregator. I checked out the Bongino Report. I checked out a lot of things. But the one that blows me away is the Drudge Report. Of all the news that's going on, there's a bunch of headlines on here that I just don't see everywhere else. And it's because this is what they're pushing. This is almost like state-run media. Because interestingly, in the United States, the government doesn't control our media. But there's a bourgeoisie ruling class that does. Listen to these. The main headline is a picture of like a woman wearing a mask. Main headline, mask of the future. Then you look at the small headlines before it. 
Nation on the verge of lockdown 2.0. 300,000 deaths by year end, question mark. Pelosi goes there, quote, it's Trump's virus. Female leaders are doing better, says Lagarde. I'm guessing she's the head of the IMF. People are using obituaries to blame their governors. Texas hospitals are struggling. Rooms look like war zones. California surpasses New York in cases. And then you have, I don't believe it, Huntington Beach symbol of mask resistance. Miami police officers to form enforcement unit. D.C., when you leave home, mask order. And so many more. I'm not going to bore you with that stuff. But I I opened up a couple of these stories and I said to myself, "Hmm, let me take a look at this. So Yahoo News has this one story. It says, I don't believe it. Huntington Beach is a symbol of mask resistance as doubters abound. And it goes on to say that, you know, all these women, mainly white women that are walking on a boardwalk here, are um, contributing to this. And they quote somebody named Brad Colburn and says, I don't believe it. I don't believe the rates are rising. They're inflated. It's another way of shutting everything down. It's another way of the Democrats trying to get what they want. Well, I'm glad they put this story out there because I tend to agree with that. Yeah, people are getting sick and people are getting infected. But when you're in this business of talk radio and you work on a big show like I do, people call you with all sorts of things, all sorts of information. They email you, they text you, they get to you however they can because they want to get their point across. And this is a reality here. People have contacted me saying, hey, my boyfriend went to the hospital with a hemorrhoid flare-up. They asked him a bunch of questions, one of which I guess he didn't answer correctly, and because he said he didn't know one of these questions about were you in touch with somebody who may have traveled from here to there, wherever, whatever the question was, They told him he had to be in quarantine for two weeks and we're going to count him as a presumptive positive for hemorrhoids. I'm not making this up. I have a friend that works in a hospital. He's told me the same thing. And he's pretty forwardly told me the hospital stands to get additional aid from the federal government. And this is stuff that you know. I know I'm preaching to the choir here. But every episode we have new listeners and I try to bring them up to speed. And I'm not talking about a conspiracy or anything like that. I'm just talking about factually. They're saying it makes more sense for them if you're terminally ill and you're going to die of cancer and you have a compromised immune system and you get coronavirus, it's likely you're going to die either way. This may speed it up. And this is why the talk about the co-occurring conditions and the comorbidities is so important because they're trying to make it look like you need to wear a mask because if you don't wear a mask, you are likely to die. And that's not really the case. Deaths are on the decline, but I don't want to bore you with that. And we talked about a little bit of that yesterday. What I want to talk about is how they're using it to scare you and how you have to kind of keep your head in the game so that you don't allow that to happen. Because if if you just take everything at face value and you see 39 Miami police officers are doing this and this is going on and we've got this going on with Huntington Beach and nobody's wearing a mask and oh my gosh, The next thing you do is believe everything that Nancy Pelosi tells you, saying that this is Trump's virus. And in fact, clearly, it is the Trump virus. Well, what do you mean when you say the Trump virus? The Trump virus. If if he had said uh, months ago, let's wear masks, let's not, let's socially distance instead of having rallies and political whatever they were, uh, then more people would have followed his lead as the president of the United States instead of being a bad example, making it like a manhood thing not to wear a mask. The Speaker of the House saying that it's Trump's virus? 
as if we'd never been through a pandemic in this country and there's no standard to compare it to. All they do is repeat the same thing. We've never seen anything like this. We've never seen anything like this. We've never, but we have seen things like this. We totally have. We saw it in 1918. In fact, the, the most recent pandemic managed by Obama and Biden is comparable in certain ways. So it comes as no surprise to me that Barack Obama sat down, of course, social distancing, of course, with the real El Bobo, Joe Biden, Hyden Biden, came out of his basement to sit with former President Obama to get together to say why he's terrific and how he's so relatable and how Trump is not. Listen to this. Can you imagine standing up when you're in prison saying, it's not my responsibility? I take no responsibility. It's not, I mean, I mean, literally. That, literally. Those words didn't come out of our mouths no, while we were no. in office. I don't understand his inability to get a sense of what people are going through. He just can't, he can't relate in any way. Well, and one of the things that I have always known about you, Joe, it's the reason why I wanted you to be my vice president and the reason why you were so effective. It all starts with being able to relate. The media is all too happy to be in the tank against President Trump because universities have produced these journalists putting these Marxist ideas in their head many years ago. So it only makes sense that they're now doing their job. They feel like they are the ultimate social justice warrior. The right thing to do is to go work at the New York Times, to go work at CNN and MSNBC and tell the world the truth, not the truth that the evil capitalist Republicans tell them, but the truth that they're telling them. And they're like shining white knights. I don't know if that's racist, but I'm going to use that expression. Shining white knights that are here to save you from the evil truth. So they put their spin on it. Come on. Olvídate. I'm not interested. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. They can keep it. Keep it locked right here. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about who said what to AOC and some of the hate I get on social media, which I think is pretty funny. Straight ahead. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. In times like these, it's so important that we focus on the facts. I always tell you to focus on the facts. I think you hear that everywhere you go, and that's because facts are irrefutable. It's the bottom line. It's the real deal. And in times like this of uncertainty, we need to rely on the facts. I get my facts from JustFacts.com. That's F-A-C-T-S, JustFacts.com. Go to JustFacts.com and sign up for their newsletter. JustFacts.com forward slash rich. Just put my name in there and you'll get it for free. JustFacts.com slash rich. This is America. All right, my Americanos, what's up, America? I am Rich Valdez with an S on social media, at Rich Valdez with an S. That's at Rich Valdez on Twitter, at Rich Valdez on Parler. If you haven't checked out Parler, you should. Really cool free speech platform. I get to compare the two. I usually cross-post the same thing on both of them because I'm not the best, most creative tweeter. And some social media does do better for certain posts than others, but I'm not a social media expert like some people I know. 
And what I find amazing is how you can get so much more engagement on one platform when you know they're not doing anything to throttle your social media reach and impact. And if you want to learn more about that, check out Project Veritas. They did some great work on that. Big shout out to James O'Keefe. He exposed a lot of stuff on Twitter a while back with respect to how they shadow ban people. But what I find really interesting is how some people choose to criticize me. Now, I'm used to the criticism. That's not the issue. And it's usually not about the issues. So if I say, well, I think that we should have a limited government because I think we are overtaxed and we should pay less taxes and we should have less services so that we don't need to collect so many taxes. The responses I get are like, you're a sellout. You're a disgrace to all Latinos. You're a disgrace to all Hispanics. And I'm like, hold up, perate. Why? I mean, it doesn't even make sense. And I don't want to write them off immediately as just stupid. But that seems to be the thing. I mean, the way that the left works, they don't really care to argue. They literally just want to discredit you, mainly your character. They want to attack your character. And I find it so interesting. I mean, just anything, anything to discredit you. And some of these people are my friends and they're just thinking they're witty and asking interesting questions. But I put something about the story that we talked about yesterday. A couple of more articles have come out about George Stephanopoulos's wife and her parenting techniques regarding pornography, saying that she would watch pornography with her children. So I put an article out there and somebody questioned it saying, oh, well, look at the source. It's coming from a conservative media source. So they kind of wrote it off. And I guess they're thinking that it's not true because it's coming from that. And I understand that. I look at things in the New York Times and I look at it 10 times before I think it's real. You show me something from CNN, my gut instinct is, oh, that's, that's bull. This person seemed to think that that was okay. And I said, all right, no problem. So, you know, I went and I found another one in Us Weekly. And I put that article there and I don't, I'm not looking to get into a tit for tat debate with anybody, honestly. I get paid to talk here on this microphone. So I'm not always looking to argue everywhere else because there's not a paycheck attached to it. And I am a capitalist, capitalist pig, right? So all that aside, it makes me think like, why not attack the, the article? The article said that this woman was doing this and saying she, she'll watch porn with her kids. If you disagree with that, say, I like to watch porn with my kids. If that's what you like to do, say that. Or say, I disagree with you because you think it's wrong to watch porn with your kids. I think it's absolutely horrible, horrific. I don't think you should get high with your kids. I don't think you should do a lot of things with your kids. I could not imagine in a million years my mother or my father coming to me saying, my dad especially, who was a man of very few words, mira, Richard, ven acá, macho. Oh, see, sí, papi, what's up? Hi, what's going on? What do you want, dad? Va, vamos aquí a fumar pasto. <laughs> I just could not imagine that. I could not imagine that. He w if he was going to do that, he was going to do it on his own. And he wasn't going to invite me. Isn't that half the job of being a dad? Is to look out for your kids so they don't make the same mistakes as you? But whatever. I know I'm, uh, I might be alone on this one. People for years have told me, nah, nah, I'm saying, nah. My kids going to smoke. They're going to smoke with me. All right, whatever. I mean, these are all people that had no kids. I happen to have a couple. And that's not my goal. <laughs> I'm not doing that. The point of the story here is they didn't want to go after the, the headline, the article, what this woman said or did, and me putting it out there. They want to shoot the messenger. They don't like me for speaking the truth about what those people did. That's how the left works. Another critic of mine on social media, they didn't call me vendido, sellout, 
or Tio Tomas, Uncle Tom. But they did share a video that I put out there yesterday, which was a very, very lighthearted video from Donald Trump's TV show before he was ever elected, The Apprentice, showing him walking a dog at the Trump Hotel in the city, delivering room service, making a bed, cleaning the bathroom, and vacuuming a room. I thought it was nice showing a different side of Trump. My caption on this was, that's the Trump I grew up reading about as a New York icon and that my kids watched on The Apprentice. Somebody decides, well, you know what? We don't like this nice stuff about Trump. And they decide to use their free speech to say, did your kids grow up watching him say, grab him by the... And I thought to myself, how disgraceful. These guys don't know who my kids are, which happen to be two girls. They don't know if they're teenagers or if they're five years old. They didn't care. Their point was they hate Trump. They hate Trump. And when they see something that shows Trump in a good light, man, this is wrong. So then that's one jerk. I don't even know who he is. Maybe I'll shout him out another time. I think his name was Jean Vidal or something like that. I don't know. I typically don't get back at people on Twitter for these things because it's my rule. You can't feed the trolls or they keep coming back for more. But then some idiot who writes for CNN or at least claims to write for CNN and has a verified account from Puerto Rico in San Juan. And he writes in Spanish, contesta la pregunta, answer the question. And I'm thinking to myself, number one, I can be a little stubborn at times. I don't work for that guy. I don't owe him anything, especially an explanation. I was married for almost 10 years. That was the only person I owed an explanation to. And now that I'm divorced, all hell has broken loose. Nobody's telling me what to do and how to do it. It just doesn't work that way. You're not entitled to my time. So I'll figure out if I want to write back to them. But the point I'm talking about is how they act. They can't say, you know what? I think Trump is wrong on this. I think you're wrong on this. This is the wrong approach to that situation. Consider an alternative. Nobody wants to talk about that. All they want to do is point fingers and call names. Trump is orange. Trump is bad. He's this. He's that. You're bad. You're a sellout. You're not even a real Hispanic. You're not this. You're not that. You're, you're the worst person ever because you think that Trump is good. So basically, everybody in America that thinks Trump is good and has done a good job for America and would vote for Trump again is somehow the enemy of America. And I just flip that right back on them and say, you know, which one of us is really helping America? I don't see anything that the left is doing helping America. Not a single thing. Not a single thing about Medicare for all helps America. I get people hitting me up on the inbox all the time. But how could you not be for that? How could you not be willing to pay a little bit more in taxes so that people down the block from you, even if they're undocumented immigrants, is what they tell me, even if, even if they're not here legally, that they can have access to health care? And my response is, I'm not making any of these choices based on somebody that's down the block from me. I'm making these decisions based on the fact that it's just wrong. It's wrong in general for us to put our care, our health care in the hands of the government. It's wrong, in my opinion, to give more power to the government. I'd much rather do me and defend me by myself, period. The government doesn't have to be my daddy. I already got one of those. So I'd love to know what you're thinking about. I want to know what are your thoughts about this whole demagoguery thing? the debate over masks, and not whether they're good or bad, but should the government be mandating them the way they are? Can they in fact do that? Does that fit in line with the state constitution? Can they have a perpetual emergency order? And if so, what constitutes this emergency? Is it based on cases? 
Are we now going to say, well, you know what? As long as we have these spikes in cases and we're having so many of them, then we're going to continue these lockdown orders, these mask orders, and you're going to have a lot less liberty because we're in a state of emergency, quote unquote. This is where you've got to really get swift and you got to look around. In February and March, I looked around. I was by myself in this wasteland of a city. I'm literally looking out the window right now, 17 floors above Madison Square Garden. I'm in the middle of Manhattan. I would take the train. Then I stopped because I realized this thing is closed quarters, may not be safe. And I haven't taken it since then until today. Actually, today was the first time I went on a subway since I'm going to say end of February. But I did take the New Jersey transit bus coming in from Jersey, right into the Port Authority, walking down 8th Avenue. I saw what was going on. I saw what was happening. In Queens, they had refrigerated trucks. Now, of course, there's a conspiracy theorist for everything. So, of course, oh, they just put those there for show. The FEMA trucks, Soros, this, that. All right, well, I know what I saw. I know that healthcare professionals were at most of the hotels in this area. Droves and droves of them. I saw the National Guard. Droves and droves of them. That was during the peak, what we were trying to flatten the curve for, and that passed. Now, I see people drinking drinks on the sidewalk, doing things. We're getting back to normal. So when everybody's talking about the cases, the cases, I understand. But when the death rate doesn't match the cases, is it still a pandemic? What constitutes this pandemic? These are the questions that we need to ask. Because if we don't ask them, the government will answer them for us. I I just heard that the teachers unions right now are putting extreme pressure on teachers In the fact, they're giving them a list of excuses saying, if you have this, 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 and this, or if you feel like this, 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 and this, you do not have to return to the classroom because they don't ever want to come back, or at least not until November. So if they can take another year off, that would be great. Imagine having the strongest union in America, or at least one one of the strongest unions in America, the NEA, the teachers union, and all of their state chapters out on the street by the thousands pushing for Biden. A guy that even my liberal friends tell me, ah, hell no, I can't mess with Biden. The guy doesn't know if he's coming or going. There's not a single reason to vote for this guy. It's literally vote for Biden because he's not Trump. Problem is there's too many people that experienced what happens when you have a leader like Trump. Again, I always say this, it's not about Trump. And I'm not trying to slight him or discredit him in any way. It's that Trump governs like Reagan did in many ways. Trump is saying, you know what? Get off my back and out of my pocket. Let's make a deal. He doesn't buy into the whole military industrial complex of wanting to be addicted to wars. He doesn't have that addiction. He throws a few bombs. He's good. He wants to bring the troops home. His version of loving America is where you bring the troops home and you use them when they're absolutely necessary for it to be used. His version of loving America is where people are able to make a lot of money because there's less regulations. His version of loving America is where you respect the flag, where you stand for the flag, where you salute the flag, where you take honor and pride in reciting the Pledge of Allegiance. And guess what? That's my version of America too. But sadly, there are others that don't have that version of America. They have a different thing in mind. And it's sad. On the bus ride over here today, I saw a video 
To me, a disturbing and distressing video. Some would look at this same video and say, what I saw today was women's rights in full effect. I saw a woman take charge to step up to people she disagreed with and share a piece of her mind. And to those people, I say, you're an idiot. I'm going to play you a little bit of a video that shows an active duty United States Navy officer, because I believe she said she was a lieutenant, but I might be wrong on that. Either way, a soldier in uniform, a seaman in uniform. This sailor is a female. She gets out of her car. She pulls over in front of what on camera to me looks like at least one dozen Trump supporters holding up American flags, holding up Trump flags. She stops her car, gets out abruptly, and just starts shouting down every single one of those people, bulldozing them. She doesn't even lay a hand on them. She just one middle finger, another middle finger, two middle fingers, screaming F you, F Trump. She's in their face. Tons of force, extremely angry. And the caption when I shared this on Twitter, at Rich Valdez with an S, was, this is what it looks like when one Trump hater takes on a dozen Trump supporters. I was shocked that nobody stood toe-to-toe with her. And I'm not saying to snuff her or punch her in the face. No, man. I'm just saying get back in her face. Everybody was so shocked by the violence of her action. And I thought to myself, if that's what one Trump hater can do to a dozen Trump supporters, damn, we're in bad shape. She backed them all up, getting nose-to-nose, chest-to-chest. She was in their face. It was disheartening. And the responses that I saw afterwards were disheartening as well, saying, oh, well, we're civil. And listen, I'm all about civility. That woman wasn't civil. She was a hair trigger away from a fist fight. Anyway, I'll let you make the determination. Listen to this. Shame on you. What a disgrace. And you know, at the end, the person that she's shouting down is a little old lady. And forgive me if I'm supposed to say senior citizen, but this was a thin senior citizen, female, woman. And I'm just shocked that anybody would do that to a little viejita, for real. I just can't imagine that. People like this sailor who believes that shouting down an old lady is peaceful assembly, protected speech under our constitution, these people are going to multiply and they're going to be in your face really, really soon, especially if Trump loses. This whole thing, this culture war that we're having in America, it's never been about race. It's never been about Trump. It's always been about hatred for America and our founding or love for America and what we are. Sticking up for America or doing the work of our enemies, doing it for them. That's what this is about. It's about being divided and getting conquered or standing up and surviving, protecting our republic. I want you to ask yourself, are you this young woman in this video doing the shouting or are you the old woman? Just like I started the show, you got to pick a side. For those of you that disagree, God bless you. If you think, hey, I can be indifferent about America. I don't have to love America. I can love America and point out the faults. Of course you can. That's what we do. We want to make a better America. One of the best ways to do that is have kids and teach them to be better Americans. 
and to be better humans and make a better life for everyone. But at the end of the day, we really have to choose good or evil, right or wrong, hate or love. I know what I'm choosing. What are you choosing? I end every show the same way and I, today will be no different. America needs you now more than it's ever needed you. Hamilton, if you stand for nothing, you will fall for anything. Period. Sir Edmund Burke, the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to do nothing. Take that how you like. Hit me up on Twitter if it's something nice, at Rich Valdez. If it's not nice, at Rich Cementa, Mr. Producer, my compay. Until the next time, America, hasta la próxima. I'm Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com.